Will John Johnson start for the Rams? Matthew Stafford is feeling as healthy as he has in years, and the Rams are worth how much? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your two-time Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you haven't subscribed to the fastest-growing Rams YouTube channel, definitely head over there. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. Also, what is your reaction to the Rams signing John Johnson? Should he start? My name is Doug McKay. My friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I'm covering LA sports for over a decade. The Lakers for SI, the Dodgers for Dodgers Nation. Now the Rams for Locked On. And as always, I'm joined by the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. The Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship station ESPN 710 LA. He's entering his eighth season covering the team. You can follow him on Twitter at Travis Rogers. Now, Travis, we got a signing to talk about. John yeah. Johnson is back. But the first thing I want to get into, though, I don't know if you saw this. You see Odell Beckham Jr. He was talking about the Super Bowl, and he said, people have no idea what I was actually going to do that day. I was going to catch 15 balls, maybe 250 yards. The game plan was for me. We would have beat them 42 to 17. So based on my model, I think that checks out. It, look, he was on his way, that's for sure. It, it, I'll never forget the feeling in the building when he went down because he was killing Cincinnati until he got hurt. And then all of a sudden, he goes down that non-contact injury. You knew exactly what it was when it happened, but it certainly felt like he was well on his way. I don't know if it was a 250-yard day and they were going to score 42 points. Cincinnati's a pretty good team, but he was getting ready to do some work that day. He was amazing. Yeah, I remember JV year, I rolled my angle against Temple City on the kickoff return. I thought I was going to go off like five kick returns that day. I'm telling you, it was going to be a big day for me. But uh, yeah, we got to get into it, man. John, John. Rams, huh? Yeah, I didn't know you went up against the Temple City Rams. That's, oh, uh, I got absolutely destroyed. I got stiff arm to the ground. It wasn't pretty. South Pass, <laughs> hey, that was, uh, I don't think we've ever had a golden age of South Pass football, but it definitely <laughs> was not during that era. But we have a sign to talk about, man. We I've been pushing for this for a few months. A lot of Rams fans have been, and John Johnson the third is back in in LA yeah. on a one-year deal. We've talked about it extensively really on this show, but now it's official. He was at Rams camp. He was talking to Les Snead. There were a lot of rumors about it. And then the very next day, it comes out that he has signed with the Rams. Now, really my first take on this, I love this deal. I think this makes a lot of sense for this Rams team. I think when you consider the fact that they lack so much experience, there's not a lot of guys yeah. on this team that have really very much experience at all. I mean, He's only 27 years old, and there's only nine players on the Rams' entire roster that are older than Johnson, only five with more seasons in the NFL. If you look at the secondary, only Witherspoon, Fuller, Rochelle have been in the NFL for at least two seasons. And other than Akella Witherspoon, they don't have a cornerback that's older than 25. So that's the first thing I love is his age and his experience. No, look, uh, you look at the different position groups on this team, and without a doubt, the most inexperienced group was in the secondary. Th this was a group that you just, 
did not know what it is that you were going to get. And, you know, you look at a guy like Jordan Fuller, you're you're hopeful, and he's played a little bit of football for you. But if that's your most experienced guy, it just speaks to how inexperienced you actually are. John Johnson was really good with the Rams. John Johnson was one of these guys that was kind of the reason you were able to do what you were able to do with the draft philosophies that they had uh, with the F them picks, right? Because you were able to find starters in the third round, like John Johnson, because you were able to find really good players later in the draft, it allowed you to be more aggressive with players like Jalen Ramsey. It allowed you to be more aggressive with players like maybe a, a Dante Fowler or, a, or a, you know, a, any of the guys that they went out and picked up along the way. This was an incredibly useful move. It, w- once I saw him out of camp on Sunday, it felt like it was inevitable that, you know, he's probably not just going around to see old friends. He was probably there for a purpose. I like the signing a lot. I think he plays a lot. And I think that they went out and, and, and they did something that they needed to do because this was a position group that is very, very green, and they got better yesterday. Yeah, they did get better instantly. He becomes one of the most experienced players on this team. And I think one thing you brought up that I think is so important is he was really good for the Rams. He was a beast yeah. for the Rams. I mean, 350 tackles, 32 pass breakups, and eight interceptions in four years. He excelled in Brandon Staley's system. We know it's a very similar system now under Raheem Morris. And I see people out there saying, oh, well, why'd they let him go in the first place, right? Was he a bust with the Cleveland Browns? One, we talked about that yesterday. He wasn't a bust with the Cleveland Browns. It's just they try to make him a primary safety. The majority of his snaps were as a free safety. Got to play yeah. closer in the box, in the slot, close to line of scrimmage so we can do damage but the Rams they just didn't want to pay that premium price I mean 33.75 million dollars that's a lot right they just didn't like that price they still loved him as a player yeah no that look this is very rarely is it we don't want you anymore because you can't play it's usually we can't afford to keep you at the price that somebody else is willing to pay that's what it was with John Johnson. This was not a we don't like him. I know the Rams liked him a lot. I know the Rams fans liked him a lot. This was a somebody's going to pay you a price that we can't get to. We just don't have the flexibility. We, we need to make sure that the money's allocated somewhere else. You need to give it to Aaron Donald or Cooper Cup or whoever it may want to go to. But this had nothing to do with his ability to play. He's a really good football player. He's a very smart football player. I've talked to him a couple of different times. This is really good news for the Rams. This is This gives you just a little bit of experience, a little bit of moxie on that back end. Just somebody that knows where to be, how to play, how to cover for other guys along the way. This is a very good act. It, it's it's not an all pro. It's not somebody that you know you're going to see in in the Pro Bowl at the end of the year. This is not somebody that's going to make you know ten interceptions along the way. But this is a guy that's a good football player. Makes your team better. Yeah, exactly. Is it improvement on the margins? I think the upside is there for him to have a really, really nice season. It's not like he went out there and got an elite player or anything like that. But when you look at what they had, the existing talent, the lack of experience, you really couldn't bank on those guys to every single one of them going to work out right now. There's a chance they could, but he's already the second most experienced player on that defense. Like I said earlier, it's perfectly into that zone scheme that the Rams have used. He excelled in the Staley system in 2020. But the question I have now, though, is he going to start? Because for me, it's tough to see him as a backup. I mean, I think you got Fuller, you got Russ Yees, you have Quentin Lake. We've talked a lot about Russ Yees, how they're going to use him, what is his role moving forward. But I think he's probably going to start alongside Fuller. I think you're going to allow Yees and Lake to play almost exclusively in certain sub packages. But I also think there's a chance you could see Lake as some linebacker spots potentially. Mm-hmm. But I think he has to start. Yeah, I do too. I don't think you bring in a player like him to back up inexperienced players, right? It's the other way around. This is a guy 
that's been around. This is a guy that knows your system. This is a guy that knows what it is that your your team philosophies are. He's a guy that can set an example. He's a good play. He's not only a good player, a good teammate by all accounts. So yeah, I, I think you bring him in to play. You bring him in. Look, look. Here, here's the other thing too. He's here because clearly the Rams saw that they needed help at this position. This was not just a oh hey look he's over there yeah why not sign him. This was hey, you know, maybe we need a little bit more depth at that position than we had to begin with, and he all of a sudden becomes available. This is not just a let's bring back a familiar face. This is a we need help at that position, and I think they need help in the starting 11. I think they're going to put him in there, and it does give you that thing that I think that might be the biggest question for the Rams across the board is do you have depth if guys go down? Because we know, I mean, it's the NFL. Guys go down. It's inevitable. People are going to get hurt. So now instead of having – Fuller go down or yeast or lake or any of these. And now it's like, okay, I don't even know where to go. You have a little bit of a safety net there when you bring in John Johnson. A hundred percent. I love that you bring that up because it's not like you just bring him back because he's a name you're familiar with. I mean, we talk right. about the Dodgers, Kike Hernandez and Joe Kelly. They were both brought back to help this Dodgers team. and They have done that. So you definitely need to consider that. And I think you also bring up the depth. The depth is the most important thing. And there's going to be injuries, too. We know that Rams do use three safety sets. So you could see Fuller Johnson in yeast in there at the same exact time. And I think also it's a good problem to have because you're not just going to give positions away. I think that's one thing that... I've really gotten from this Rams training camp so far is there definitely is a meritocracy. They're not just going to let the names win out. They're not going to just let the guys they no. have on bigger contracts win out. You look at the left tackle position, right? With no boom, right? So I think it's the same situation as far as the safeties go. And I think it's a good problem to have because I think you look at everyone, if they win the job, the younger players, and you make that decision on your roster, that's great. If not, though, you have a good backup and a veteran that can mentor these young guys, a former green dot guy. So I love the move. Nice to have him back. I think it was a great addition. I will say, though, if you're going to go this route, if you're going to go this far, might as well pick up a nose tackle and an edge once the first round of cuts are made. I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. They're in that spot where they're going to look through, and this is true, I guess, of all 32 teams, that once guys start to get cut, you look, you know, there's going to be a team that has an abundance of one thing and that you have none of and vice versa. So if some other team's got, you know, six quality wide receivers and you got two, you're going to go through their stuff. If you have, you know, eight offensive linemen that you like and you're only going to carry seven, then somebody's going to have to go and somebody's going to get picked up somewhere else. I would imagine the Rams are pretty active in that as well. I think they will, too. But welcome home, John Johnson. But coming up in our next segment, we continue our most important Rams heading into the 2023 season with number one, and he's feeling as healthy as he ever has been. Matthew Stafford coming up on Locked on Rams. All right. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy football host Vinny Eiler to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're preparing for a draft or scouting the waiver wire every week we're going to provide you with the guaranteed a player that's guaranteed to fit on your roster so with draft prep underway for the upcoming season let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week this week's ebay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week let's start with chris olave looking for a second year fantasy football wide receiver who can drive your team to big points while he catches on with a new starting quarterback then expect a smooth ride when investing in the saints chris olave olave was a day 
dangerous number one in every capacity as a rookie, and there's no reason to pump on the brakes now that he has Derek Carr throwing to him. Vinny Eiler from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. That goes same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories, for your vehicle right at your fingertips you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly air filters brakes batteries taillights alternators shocks struts you name it ebay motors has it and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because ebay guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time so go forth switch gears crank that ac and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you'll know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go with ebay guaranteed fit everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away for the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle just look for the green check Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. And we are off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And a special shout out to our everyday listeners. We appreciate you listening to every episode, watching every episode, and you can join the club too. Be an everyday listener. Membership is free, and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. But Travis, here in our second segment, we're talking Matthew Stafford because I think one of the big takeaways for me is that he's healthy, he's energized he's absolutely engaged with the younger players he said he feels like the elder statesman out there mm-hmm. he did an interview with albert breer of sports illustrated and he said that he's as healthier as he's ever been and if you listen to what he said about the last few seasons man he looks like he was really battling some stuff i mean he said i mean it was two years of battling through some of that really painful stuff just really made my job really painful and not fun so my initial outlook of stafford so far is he looks really good he's ready to roll this year Yeah, so I want to go back a little bit because let's go back to last season when Matthew Stafford started the year and you're looking at him going, okay, that doesn't look very good. And you're trying to figure out, is it him? Is it the offensive line? Is it the fact that the running game isn't productive? Is it the fact that the receivers are not doing what they're supposed to be doing? Or is it just that Matthew Stafford is playing poorly and you're never able to entirely figure it out because everything was working poorly. You couldn't isolate one thing separate from another. And then they went to John Wolford, and then they went to Bryce Perkins, and you just saw that drop in talent, quite frankly, and ability. And then they brought in Baker Mayfield, and Mayfield on that first game against the Raiders, chucking the ball around, you're like, wait a second, hold on. That's what an NFL quarterback looks like. Now, Baker Mayfield is not Matthew Stafford. Both of them are one overall guys, but the talent level between those guys is night and day. Being out of camp on Sunday, going out there again uh, today on Tuesday, but seeing the ball come out of Matthew Stafford's hands, like that's what it was. So the gap from Stafford to Wolford to Perkins was just this steady decline. And then all of a sudden Mayfield jumped it back up because he was healthy and he was ready to go. And then getting to see Stafford on Sunday, getting to see him again later today. The ball's coming out of his hand like Matthew Stafford. It is a pleasure to see. You can tell he's feeling good. And if he's good, they got a chance. I don't know how great of a chance they have, but they have a chance if he's healthy and he looks healthy and he is by far the most important player on this team. 
100%. This team is going to go as Matthew Stafford goes. We're, we've been selling a broken record about the offensive line, how important that is. Well, that's because they need them to be successful for him to have success, right? Yep. I think it's also important to note that even before the injuries, even before the concussions, the back injuries, the spinal cord contusions, he struggled last season. I mean, 10 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, a little over 2,000 passing yards, a 68% completion rate, a 67.6 PFF passing grade. But I think the big thing last year was the elbow injury. And look, if my pitcher is having an injury, right? If he's having arm soreness, forearm soreness, I'm concerned. A shoulder injury, an elbow injury for a quarterback that has one of the most transcendent arms, one of the most special arms that we've seen in the last 15, 20 years. That really concerned me. I mean, last year during training camp, I mean, he was throwing towels, right? I mean, he wasn't yeah. working with Allen Robinson and building that chemistry and rapport. And that's kind of one of the reasons why it just really did not click early on in the season. So yeah, I think that really was the reason why he struggled early on last year, not the system, not the players, not the Super Bowl hangover. It's just his arm just did not look like it felt right. Look, I, I think if you listen to him and you just go by what we've seen, he may never have been healthy since he's gotten here, right? And and it's weird to say because they won the Super Bowl with him the first year, and, and the reason they won the Super Bowl is because he was terrific and he played great along the way. But there's a world that exists where this is the most healthy he's been since he's been here. If he can play at a level anywhere near like he played a couple of years ago, they got th- – They've got the right guy. This is this is not just important to the Rams' success this year, but this could really determine what they do moving forward. Because if they win some games, then the ability to draft one of those guys, whether it's Caleb Williams, whether it's Drake May, whoever it is, if you're in the middle of the pack, you're not going to get a shot at one of those guys, which probably in a weird way is okay because it means that Matthew Stafford played well enough for you to win your 8, 9, 10 games, which would be fantastic. If he's not then you have an answer for both things. You have an answer for this season, which, you know, will probably take care of itself. But you also have an answer of whether or not you can go get one of those young guys who's your quarterback of the future. His health is everything, both in the short term and in the long term. And that's why this season is so endlessly fascinating to me is because the wide range of outcomes is just so significant, right? I mean, you have Stafford having a bounce back year where he makes the Pro Bowl. I think he absolutely has to play at the very least 15 to 17 games and make the Pro Bowl for this team to have a chance to make the postseason. But if things don't go right and he gets injured again, you could be looking at drafting a quarterback, right? So that's really the wide range of outcomes this season. But I do think, too, look, some of the best trades, the ones you don't make, Right. I think that getting a healthy Matthew Stafford is about as good of an acquisition as this team could have gotten. I mean, if he truly is 100 percent healthy by the looks of it, by the mic'd up sessions, he's out there just feeling it again. He's spinning the ball, just throwing darts, throwing lasers, just making incredible throws. I think he's re-energized by some of these younger players. I saw mentoring Tutu and Puka and guys like that. We know when Cooper comes back, that's going to be his guy. But, I mean, the fact that he says that this is the healthiest that he's been in, he said, three years is not a huge number, but it's been a while. It's been a real while. It's the last four or five off seasons. I had a fractured back in 19. After 20, I came here. I had thumb surgery after 2021. I had elbow stuff going on. So it's been quite a few off seasons since I felt like I could operate and get a full off season under my belt and go play. So the fact he's been a full participant, he's a full go. He's got that fire under his belly to just really, really go after this year. Well, like you said, too, that sometimes those trades are you just get them from in-house. And I know that you and I are both Dodger people. We're looking at this as well. But 
you know, Dodgers didn't make a big deal at the deadline, but you might get Walker Bueller back in the last month of the season. And there wasn't a pitcher like Walker Bueller that's available. And, well, he may come in and give you some innings at an incredibly important time. Kind of a similar situation with Matthew Stafford. They, you didn't make a big trade. You didn't draft a guy high in the first round. You don't have necessarily your quarterback of the future in Stetson Bennett. But you have a guy that's a Super Bowl winning quarterback and a multiple time Pro Bowl quarterback coming back to your team healthy. You're not going to do much better than that. There weren't a lot of Matthew Stafford's available on the market this last year. And if he comes back and he's the best version of himself, it's a huge upgrade. Huge upgrade. Yeah, no, a thousand million percent. I mean, getting him back at full strength is just going to do wonders. And I think, too, that this organization, as far as the direction they're heading on, heading towards, that it's really predicated on the success that he has. Like yeah. I said, no big moves made this offseason, right? But you got a little, a lot of building blocks, a lot of little building blocks. If you're Tetris, you didn't get that long piece, right, that's called the hero piece. You kind of wanted that to blow everything up and make those moves. We've seen those in the past. Not this yeah. year, but getting guys healthy and at full strength, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, that really is as good as a lot of acquisitions that you could potentially made. But this year, I'm looking for a Pro Bowl season for Matthew Stafford. I'm looking for a guy that's out to prove that he's still one of the elite quarterbacks in the league. He's still one of the special arm talents that we've ever seen. I think he's going to have a big year. But coming up in our final segment, the new valuations for franchises came in, and the Rams are worth a ton of money. We're going to get into that next here on Locked On Rams. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And one more shout out to our everyday listeners. We appreciate you. And you can be an everyday listener too. Join the club. Membership is free and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. But Travis, this team is extremely valuable. Okay, this Rams <laughs> team is worth $6.94 billion, which makes them the third most valuable franchise in the league. Overall, the Rams are the fifth most valuable franchise in the world. I mean, you're talking about this franchise with the elites of the planet, the Barcelonas, the Real Madrids, I mean, the Cowboys. I mean, just what's your first reaction to just seeing how highly ranked they are? Well, obviously, a lot of it has to do with the cathedral that is SoFi Stadium. Yeah, there, there you go. It, it has to do with the, the building and it has to do with the city. And, and the Rams, don't get me wrong, the Rams are great. I'm a Rams fan, but this is a function of a team that is in a megalopolis or whatever that word is, right? We got 15 million people within driving distance of SoFi Stadium. You've got the greatest sports venue on the face of the earth for the not only right now, but for the foreseeable future. It's just an unbelievable building. Every time you walk into it, it's just it's breathtaking how magnificent and grand and what a spectacle it actually is. And it's it's the combination of those two things. And in the Rams, quite frankly, last year aside, have been really, really good. And and it's and it's a growth thing too. That this will be the as whatever level of popularity the Rams have garnered to this point, to their first seven years of this. Think of what it's going to look like in 17 years and in 27 years and in 37 years. It's going to get bigger. It's going to become more valuable. And this is why they're here. This is why you know the Rams aren't worth nearly $7 billion in St. Louis. They're worth $7 billion because they play in L.A. and because they play at SoFi Stadium. Yeah, I think that's also a reminder is how they ended up back here, right? You need a franchise in Los Angeles. You look at the two teams that are in front of them. It's the Giants in New York and, of course, mm -hmm. the Dallas Cowboys, $9.2 billion, right? So, yeah, I mean, to me, it really 
is another reminder of the potential that this franchise has. And look, 10, 20, 30 years, you win a few more Super Bowls. You really establish yourself in that mix as the flagship franchises in the NFL. I think that's the direction they're heading. That's the goal for this franchise. I think that's what it has to be. But yeah, another shout out to Mr. Stan Kroenke for having the vision and really footing the bill for this whole operation. Yeah, no, he's incredibly valuable and maybe the most valuable portion because he's the one that, that built it. He's the one that's financing everything. But I, I really don't think you can underestimate how much Sean McVay's presence has helped that price, right? That Sean McVay has made the Rams relevant from a football perspective, right? Which maybe doesn't go into this valuation a ton, but it has to matter on some level because the Rams as the Jeff Fisher Rams – Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, just not interesting, fun. There was no buzz in the city. There was nothing about it. Sean McVay is dynamic. He's young. He's handsome. He's energetic. He's all of these things. He's really good at what they do. They've won a ton of games. They won a Super Bowl. They've been to another Super Bowl. They're constantly in the mix. You know, up until this season, they're always on national TV, or I should say primetime TV, Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday nights. They are just, they are a crown jewel franchise in the NFL, even though they're relatively new to the city of Los Angeles to the to the NFL this is one of their prize pieces and by the way how much would the Cowboys be worth if they actually had won a Super Bowl in the last 25 30 years right I mean <laughs> well yeah for for sure right the Cowboys have, have all of this but the winning they, 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 they have the name brand, they have history, they have perhaps the most rabid fan base in the entire league. They've got all of those things other than the fact that they win a bunch of football games when it matters most. They, they're okay, but they don't win in the playoffs. And yeah, I don't know. What are they pushing that number over $10 billion if they're winning Super Bowls? Probably something like that. Yeah, no, it's just, it's incredible how valuable they are. And look, they own the media. We understand that. They're actually the first professional franchise to actually have their own media team cover their team. But yeah, I just love seeing Rams and lists like this. I think it's a good reminder out there of what they're doing here, how they basically have aced the test since they returned to Los Angeles. They've checked yep. off every box and they're continuing to ascend, continuing to emerge. I think we're going to see a franchise in Los Angeles that, hey, it's the Lakers town. It's the Dodgers town, right? But the Rams, they're the most valuable franchise in this city far more than really they don't really have a distance like i think if you put the lakers on an auction maybe they could get seven eight nine million dollars potentially but still i think yeah. that's cool that the rams are right as a top dog it really just shows you the level that the nfl is at well you can see it in training camp right i, I remember going to that initial training camp uh, at uc irvine in 2016 and looking around and thinking uh, this is not good. The, 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 no one seemed to know what they were doing. No one seemed to have any idea of what it means to have an NFL team. And then you fast forward, and, and really, in a seven-year period of time, it's not that it, it, we're not talking decades and decades and decades. They figured it out. They're putting out a first-class product. They're they're putting on a show. They understand what they're doing. And if this is the path that they're on, if this is the growth curve that they've been able to build over the first you know portion of the first decade of back in Los Angeles. It's a smash success, and the dollars are reflecting that. Exactly. But that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Rams. And speaking of SoFi Stadium, you're going to see SoFi Stadium this weekend. We already got a oh, game yeah. this weekend. So go experience that cathedral. This franchise continues to print money, continue to be one of the most valuable franchises, not just in the NFL, but on the entire planet. Thanks to Mr. Stan Kroenke for making it all happen. But my name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And of course, you can follow the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers at Travis Rogers. And until next time, 
time. Whose house is Locked on Rams' house? Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.